SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. It's just gone uh, 10 past two and we're into the second and last hour of the show. I'm joined in studio by Life uh, in Recovery coach Gail Masondo. Gail, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to come in and chat to us on this public holiday. Thanks. It's nice to be here. It's good to be here. Does it feel good? You made a choice to come here today. Yeah, I could have said no, huh? (laughs) But it's, it's a great, it's really a great topic for Youth Day. It is a great topic. Um, you know, for talking you about choices and how to make them and make the best ones. So let's so. Let, let's start off. If if you had to um, define what choice is, what would you say that you know to explain to somebody what it means? Uh, what would you say to them? It's just taking a great decision. Hopefully, that you're taking your time to make a decision whether something is right or wrong for you at a particular season in your life, um, and how it's going to affect you. And it's really important to be able to make a decision because that's what a choice is. It's taking a decision with confidence. Um, And a lot of the times, as opposed to a knee jerk, Mm -hmm. it's being able to sit back and say, halt, let me wait a second. And everyone feels like, no, we don't, you know, no one gives us time to make great choices. You just, but you deserve to make a great choice because choices, decisions have consequences and some choices affect us for the rest of our lives. And and you make such a great point that it's not just a knee-jerk reaction. So between stimulus and response, there's always you know a choice that lies in between the two. Right. Um. And and when we when we talk about choice, it, it's everything in life. And wouldn't you agree that? W- yeah. I mean, you know, just even to decide something as small as you're going to wear socks or you, with your boots or you're not. <laughs> um. But that's not a life-changing mm. decision. Um, the choice of a mate, the choice of um, a career. Um, and and because it's Youth Day, you know, I, I really want to speak to the youth out there, not to ignore the rest of the listening audience. But I think um, sometimes youth aren't taking, and youth, I understand, in South Africa is anywhere between 19 to 40 something. It's really broad, you know, but the ability to not so much um, look at your life and compare it. Now there are people we can, we can gain, I mean, um, inspiration from, but we ought to be able to, in, in, in development, in developing, we ought to be able to look at our lives and be able to choose what is it, what's the passion, what is it that I want to do, as opposed to all of the other static in our heads, whether that be from family, whether that be from peer pressure. But the ability to step back a second and say, who am I? And why am I here? Yeah. And and take time to figure that out as opposed to just that that can sometimes be a knee jerk. Everybody else is doing BCOM. I'll do BCOM too. Where my passion is painting. I want to be a visual artist, but no one is supporting me in that. So I take a different decision, not necessarily the best decision for me. Let, let's take a step back because that all dis- uh, well basically means that you need to know self. Um, and, and, and a lot of times, Youngsters, 18, 19-year-olds, I mean, I, mean, I, I mm. think about when I was that age. Yeah. I, I don't know if I really know, knew myself and knew who I was. Well, there's different degrees of knowing. Yeah. So when we're talking about that age group, let's start mm. off with those that might just be finishing um, high school now. Like you said, mm. you know, they might. everybody else is studying BCom, so yes. I'm going to do a BCom. Yes. What are some of the, the things that they can do in order to get to know themselves a little bit better? Well, the, the bigger thing about knowing oneself like I just mentioned a minute ago, I know in my counseling practice, it's it's really 
this knowing oneself, you can you can you can know yourself at 21 and not know yourself at 52. So it it really derives from trying really hard to celebrate who and who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, if 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 you if you like purple and someone else likes blue, stick with your purple. And it sounds elementary, but it starts in little ways that we decide to just become everyone else but it starts with little things and it's 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 being determined to float your own boat it's really like taking a decision that while I can celebrate everyone else I need to celebrate myself Mm. and to find it's useful to use the word comrade isn't it to find other comrades (laughs) you know that celebrate you that may be one other person but find that one other person as opposed to being a part of the crowd that's easier said than done because of social media today you know Mm -hmm. I often say when I'm you know asked to speak and and make a public appearances I say nobody has a thousand friends nobody but social media makes you think um, that someone else's life is better than your own well, we have to remember people post what they want you to know. They yeah. don't post everything. So the ability to step back is something called HALT that I do in my practice. H-A-L-T. Mm-hmm. The synonyms for HALT are wait. The synonyms for HALT are stop. stop. Mm-hmm. The synonyms for HALT are chill. And you say, because life is moving so quickly, but you can take a step back. We really can take different decisions, but we're saying, no, my back is against the wall. I got to make a decision now. We have to learn how to go to the bathroom <laughs> when the pressure is mounting just and just stand there. Take that five minutes, yeah. take that minute and just exhale for a second before you make another decision that could have greater consequences. But knowing oneself, like you brought up, Lizette, is really, really important. And it takes time to get to know yourself. It does take time, and it takes patience. Yes, and and and, and a lot of times, uh, you know, particularly looking at at the youth and looking at young people in particular, um, instant gratification, having everything now, patience isn't something that often comes naturally. Well, I don't think it's just the young people who have that problem. I think that we're gro- because of social media mm-hmm. and because information wraps around the world what, in a couple of seconds. Yeah, so we're not seeing no pain, no gain. We're not seeing that played out. We're just seeing almost false advertisement about people's lives. Like things happen overnight. They don't. In no one's life, things happen overnight. And so instant gratification is a lie. (laughs) I just really want to say it like that. There is no instant gratification. (laughs) There is no instant gratification. I mean, I suppose, you know, it depends upon what you're looking for in that gratification. But gratification, gratification, um, is the work of a lifetime, I think. I think that there are different ways of being gratified, but it, it's the sum total. It's not just a once-off. Now, looking at what you said earlier when we started off and we were talking about choices, um, the words that you used is what is right or wrong for the particular circumstances that mm-hmm. you find yourself in. Um, I'd like you to ex- you know, unpack that for me and expand on it because there really are no right or wrong answers it's just whether it's right or wrong for you at this particular time. Well, um, there are rights and there are wrongs. Legally. You run, yeah, you legally, run that red yes. light. Yeah. Yeah. Legally. <laughs> but you're talking about from an emotional, emotional standpoint. Yes. Well, there are rights and wrongs as well, you know, in that um, that arena. But what I was saying earlier is that different seasons demand different 
decisions. You know, I have a jacket on today because the season is winter. Mm -hmm. Now, in my head, I can say it's summer. I can tell myself it's summer, (laughs) but it's not. It's winter. So I'm saying, but there are decisions like what job should I take? Should I move out of South Africa? Should I go to to Munich, Germany? Um, or should I or should I go to Ghana? Those are life changing decisions that one should be able to make for themselves at that time, particularly as a young person, unmarried, no strings. Um, I'm always um, some parents might not agree with me, but I, I really appreciate that gap year after mm-hmm. high, school high school or matric, you yeah. know, that opportunity to just kind of and that gives you that halt that yeah. gives you that pull back that gives you what am I going to do next for me because at the end of the day we can go to school for our parents and we can get that doctorate we can get that lawyer we can become whatever they had in their minds for us but at the end of the day we go to sleep with ourselves and and we have to come to a point where is this me is this my passion so there is right and there is wrong but I'm talking about how does it fit for you how does it fit you know, we have shoe sizes, don't we? And as much as I want my shoe to be a six, if it's a seven, it's a seven. Now, I can wear the six and be uncomfortable for the rest of the day, but it makes a lot of, of, of difference when I say, no, I'm going to wear this seven and I'm proud to have a, ch- a size seven foot. It works for me. Uh, tell me a little bit about because a lot of times looking at those decisions, looking at the example that we used about you know do I go to do I go to Ghana or mm. wherever, um, you go, and and you find that it's not a good fit for you. Mm. Um, a lot of people are sometimes worried about making decisions, about making choices because they they fear making the wrong decision. What would you advise individuals like that? There's something here that I was reading earlier, and it says, "Don't give yourself analysis paralysis." Um, in my field, we talk about overthinking, and mm-hmm. overthinking becomes obsessive thinking. There's an opportunity for making the right, the best decision for yourselves with a simple sheet of paper. Put pros on one side and cons on the other. I don't know how often we do that, really. Just and that's a halt mm-hmm. too. Just take the time, take five minutes out of your day, and say, "Is this working for me? What are the pros and what are the cons?" And particularly for young people, because that's who we're talking about today. You can you can be okay to make a mistake. You go to Ghana and find out it isn't the place. But what about the what ifs you would live with for the rest of your life if you hadn't gone? Mm-hmm. So that's that other. You know, go see, go explore, go discover. Everything doesn't have to be right right now. And I think that making mistakes is okay. There's no shame in failure. The shame, the failure becomes permanent if you don't learn from it. That's the only shame. So we can't know everything and we can't do everything correct. And then you have to, what we talked about earlier, you have to know what's right for me, what's wrong for you. Mm -hmm. And you can say, well, it's wrong to make that. Well, it might be wrong for you, but not necessarily for me. And not not to be fearful. And that's what I find. There's a lot of paralysis right now. The fear and the fear comes from what will people think? Not yeah. even not even what I think about the decision, but oh my goodness, what are people gonna say? Well, you know what? This is what I figured out. People will spend five minutes on your problem and there's so much stuff going on in their lives, they can only give you five minutes. <laughs> so go on and live. 
live so you don't have to sit and regret that you didn't make a great decision for it. And they're good choices, and then they're great choices. And so we do, we can make great choices. You take a risk, you take a chance, but at least you have done it. Now, one of the other things, uh, as you said, you know, people, it's kind of this analysis, paralysis, and not because they they, they almost feel for themselves, but they feel what those yes, outside other voices can say. say. And a lot of times those outside voices are us as parents, um, trying to live our lives through children or being hypercritical. What, what advice would you give to, to parents to raise children who are more independent and make those choices and get to know themselves? You know, I wish when I was raising my children, I wish I knew then what I know now. To raise emotionally stable children is to celebrate. I think what parents need to do is to get to know their own child, not measure their child by what they did or didn't do, mm-hmm. but get to know that child. You know, the children tell us who they are by the time they're three or four years of age. There's some natural stuff going on there that's not even not even um, encouraged. Mm-hmm. It just happens. It just happens. Mm-hmm. You see this child with a pencil at three or four, you know, drawing. I mean, you know, don't discourage that. You know, singing or, or my son used to just beat with anything he could find, whether it be <laughs> spoons or sticks. And, and he would beat and beat out a song and then boom. And he was three. And he's a musician today. I mean, there are things that we have to pay attention to. And what you said earlier, this living vicariously through your child, is, is that's not right. Mm-hmm. Can we encourage can we stimulate? Can but we need to celebrate as much as we're stimulating. Yeah, you know? we need to celebrate um, because it's very easy to be critical about everything. But to celebrate small and and achievements that that helps a child to find themselves and to become their best selves. We don't do enough celebrating, do you think, Lizette? Do you think that maybe, and I'm, I'm asking a question back to you um, on that, but, but do you think that as parents sometimes we don't celebrate that much because there's always a fear that you don't want your child to become proud or haughty or arrogant. So you're almost thinking, I can't keep saying, oh, you're so great, oh, you're so great, just in case I have a kid. Oh, but there's different ways to celebrate. Yeah, There are different Tell, ways to celebrate. That. You know, I mean... There's nothing wrong when you are secure as a parent Mm -hmm. to say, you know, you're wonderful, my boy. You don't have to keep saying it all the time. They pick it up. Mm -hmm. Um, It's my, Angela talks about when a child walks into the room, your eyes should light up. That's celebrating. You don't even have to say anything. Just their your eye your their presence in your presence is a celebration. Yes. This idea about proud and haughty and arrogant. I think that um, those are that's false. Um, that's a false appreciation um, of a child, mm-hmm. and the child learns very quickly that, unfortunately, my mom and dad are not really into me. They're into my achievements. See, there's a difference in celebrating the child and celebrating the achievement. You understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah. But I'd like us to unpack that because I think that as a lot of times as parents, we don't often recognize what is. What is the difference between the two? Um, you, you know, you're thinking, uh, my kid got an A on its te- on his, his or her test. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm going to say yay, yay, yay. And then maybe my kid got a C but in, in, th- in maths, but they actually worked harder to get the C than they did to get the A. I think I'm talking about being as opposed to doing. Doing, okay. And there be a balance there. I can celebrate my child because my child has a compassionate heart. 
and he's made a C. Mm. But that's his best C. That's her best C. But I'm going to celebrate that she's kind because you can have a lot of folk who are making some great grades and they're just mean spirited. Mm -hmm. So you got to be wise enough to make the decision that I want to celebrate my child and celebrating the accomplishments is something a little different. And then if you're really wise, you're able to celebrate both, both of them. At the same time. And your child grows mm -hmm. up balanced because that's really what we're talking about, having balanced children and becoming balanced human beings. You know, we have a lot of road rage here in the country, here in the world. We have a lot of road rage um, because a lot of folk are going to jobs that they hate, coming back to homes that they loathe. They married people they never intended to marry or living with people they don't like. Mm -hmm. And so life just becomes... Ugh, Unbearable. And road rage is an outward manifestation of a decision or taking a choice that didn't work for them. But now they're living with it. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate. And we have more of those folk who are just dragging themselves in every day, dragging themselves back. And that, that's, that's not a way to live. And so the choice now for parents with who are listening, who have young people in their homes, preteens, um, those who are getting ready to make a decision to go to university or take the gap year. Um, I'm, always, I'm always mesmerized, and I'm using that word correct, by 1976. Mm -hmm. These were primary children, yep. primary school-age children, and youth who took a decision, and it's almost like, where did they get the decision from? Why did they take the choice to risk their lives to do what they did for this country at that time? There must have been something good going on at home. Well, they they certainly you know had a had a true north definitely mm. whether it was within within themselves or something at home. Mm -hmm. So let's let's just we've got two more minutes or so left, and ah. I want I want us to take out that skills box, um, <laughs> and let's let's try and look at if if you are unhappy or if you are um, an, an, a youngster who is going to make those decisions about what to do with the rest of their lives. Where and and you not entirely know where to st where to start or how to make that choice. What advice do you would you give to them to start? by making that list of pros and cons? Where do we Make start? the list of pros and cons. Write it down. Look at it. Make it plain. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about that. Write it down. Make it plain. And even though it tarries, it takes some time. At least it's clear in your head. Mm -hmm. Then And then um, the opportunity may take the time to your passion is what you would do whether you got paid or not. Yep. And, you know, we look at dancers and we look at musicians and we look at poets and we look at visual artists and they, Actors. <laughs> they, they'll, they'll, they'll do, they'll go long periods of time without a paycheck mm -hmm. because they cannot see themselves doing something else. And so we're not necessarily checking passion any longer. We're just saying, no, you know, I, I used to, for years, go to Rhodes University and speak to the incoming freshman class. And my first question would be, so what are, what, who's studying what? And when all of the, more than 85% of the hands that were raised were BCOM, BCOM, BCOM. And I would say, wait, 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 where are the veterinarians? Where are the, where, where are the human, those who are studying humanities? Where, where are those who are studying philosophy? Where, where are artists? Where are actors? And they say, oh, no, nah, ma'am, ma you can't make money like that. You can only do BCOM. Mm -hmm. 
Someone had told them that, and they believed that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I knew where they were today. That incoming classes. Yeah. Did you call almost a longitudinal study of, uh, of, of what life has taught uh, them over the years? Because um, if you don't do your passion and find out, that's what I really mean. Find out what your passion is, and your passion generally is something that you have a natural ability to do. And you're afraid to say, I love to cook. We don't call them cooks. We call them chefs today. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of stepping back, halt again. Take your time. At 19, 18, 20, 21, take your 25. Take your time. Is it ever too late to make that change? I don't think so. I can do it at 75. Oh, there are plenty 75. Oh, well, <laughs> let, look at Hot Sticks, who, yeah, that's true. who decided to go get his, um, his matric. matric. Mm-hmm. Was that about four or five years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's never too late to do what is good for you. I think that's the perfect place to end it. <laughs> Gail, thank you so much. I really Thanks appreciate taking the time me. to come in. That is uh, Gail Masondo, a life in recovery coach. Gail, if, if, if anybody has some more questions or they'd like to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, I always say when I'm here, I'm just kind of an easy date. It's just Gail Masondo at Gmail. Dot com. Dot com. No Twitter, no Facebook, none of that. <laughs> well, I love you so much right now for saying that. Thank you so much. Uh, that is uh, uh, Gail Masondo chatting to us about decisions, about making choices in your life, about finding your passion and how all of that is linked um, to just keeping that true north within yourself.